Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. We are going to bite off a big chunk of Genesis today. Uh, We're going to hit multiple chapters um, because... uh, yeah, it's one big, this, this section is really kind of one big story, and I think to get the point of the story, we need to read the whole thing. Um, and so I uh, so hope, hope you guys brought uh, your attention spans today um, to be able to, to track with me on, on reading a longer uh, section of Scripture. Um, but in case you're new and catching up with where we are in the story, um, here's what's happened. Uh, there's a guy named Joseph. Uh, he was his dad's favorite. Um, his dad gave him a special coat. He had dreams. His dreams said that his whole family was going to bow down to him. Um, he told that to his brothers. His brothers didn't take too kindly to that. Um, they sold him into slavery. He went through a whole thing of bad thing after bad thing in slavery until last week we saw um, that he has been now been remembered and he's brought out um, of the prison to interpret a dream for Pharaoh. He interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh had these two dreams. These two dreams meant that what was going to happen was there was going to be seven years of plenty in the land, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. And so over the seven years of plenty, uh, Joseph was put in charge of collecting food in order to be able to disperse that um, during the seven years um, of famine. And so that's where we pick up the story today. So you guys are like, why do we listen to all those other sermons? We just got it in two seconds. Like, yeah, I don't know why you did either. Um, Chapter 42, when Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? He said, behold, I've heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there that we may live and not die. So 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt, but Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, uh, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus, the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and he was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Does that sound like a dream he might have had? Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from, he said. They said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you are spies. You've come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, no, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food. Now, what was it? that his brothers said when he was coming to them in the field, when he was sent by their dad to go check on them? What did they say before they threw him in the pit and sold him? Look, look, here's the one he's coming to spy on us for dad. So they accused him of being a spy. And so now they come to him for food. And what does he accuse them of? Your spies. We are all sons of one man, and we are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. And he said to them, 
No, it is the nakedness of the land that you have come to see. And they said, we, your servants, are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, it, it is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you shall be tested by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother while you remain confined, uh, that your words may be tested, whether there is truth in you or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all together in custody for three days. And on the third day, Joseph uh, said to them, do this and you will live for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers remain confined where you are in custody and let the rest go and carry grain for the famine of your households and bring your youngest brother to me so the words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. This is why this distress has come upon us. So here in front of Joseph, they start to admit, we saw how distressed he was, and yet we did what we did anyway, and that's why bad things are happening to us. And Reuben answered them, did I not tell you not to sin against the boy? But you did not listen. So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. They did not know that Joseph understood them, for there was an interpreter between them. Then he turned away from them and wept. And he returned to them and spoke to them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. And Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to replace every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. This was done for them. And so Joseph here, yes, he had been accused of being a spy. But then also here, uh, what had happened to him, he was thrown into prison. And so here his brothers come and he gives them a little, little taste, just three days, but a little taste. And then Simeon stays a little bit longer. Um, then they loaded their donkeys and their grain and departed. And as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money in the mouth of his sack. And he said to his brothers, my, my money has been put back. Here it is in the mouth of my sack. And, this, and at, at this, their hearts failed them. And they turned trembling to one another saying, what is this that God has done to us? So they're scared. When they came to Jacob, their father in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, the man, the Lord of the land, spoke roughly to us and took us to be spies of the land. But we said to him, we are honest men. We have never been spies. We are 12 brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is to stay with our father in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the Lord of the land, said to us, by this I shall know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me and take grain for the famine of your households and go your way. Bring your youngest brother to me, and then I shall know that you are not spies, but honest men. And I will deliver your brother to you, and you shall trade in the land. As they emptied their sacks, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they, they, when they and their father saw their bundles of money, they were afraid and Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more. And now you would take Benjamin. All this has come against me. 
And then Reuben said to his father, kill my two sons if I do not bring back to you, um, but him, uh, put him in my hands and I will bring him back to you. So Reuben's answer to the fact that Jacob is worried about losing all of his sons is you can kill your grandsons. Very, very much sense made in that one. Uh, if harm should happen to him on the journey uh, that you are to make, you will bring me down my gray hairs with sorrow to Sheol, is what Jacob says. Now, the famine was severe in the land, and when they had eaten uh, the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, go again and buy us a little food. So they're, they're hungry again, they're running out. But Judah said to him, the man solemnly warned us, saying, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. And Israel said, why did you treat me so badly as to tell the man that you had another brother? And they replied, the man questioned us carefully about ourselves and our kindred, saying, is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? What we told him was an answer to these questions. Could we in any way know that he would say, bring your brother down? And Judah said to Israel, his father, send the boy with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I will be a pledge of his safety. From my hand, you shall require him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we had not delayed, we would now have returned twice. So Jesus said, we're starving. We, we should have already gone back twice for more food. And so put this all on me. He's stepping forward and saying, put it on me. I will make sure Benjamin is safe. Then their father Israel said to them, if it must be so, then do this. Take some of the choice fruits of the land in your bags and carry a present uh, down to the man, a little balm and a little honey, uh, gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Remember, they're in the middle of a drought. They're like, there's a famine. They're starving. This is all they have left. And he's saying, take the best that we've got because I, I want you to be able to appease this man with whatever you can. Take double the money with you. Carry back with you the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise and go again to the man. May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man. And may he send back your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So the men took this present and they, they took double the money with them and Benjamin and they rose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, bring the men into the house and, and slaughter an animal and make ready for the men are to dine with me at noon. The man did as Joseph told him and brought the men to Joseph's house. And the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, it is because of the money which, has, which was replaced in our sacks the first time that we were brought in so that, so that he may assault us and fall upon us to make us servants and seize our donkeys. So they went up to the steward of Joseph's house and spoke with him at the door of the house and said, oh, my Lord, we came down the first time to buy food. And when we came to the lodging place, we opened our sacks and there each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight. So we have brought it again with us and we have brought our other money down with us to buy food. 
We did not know who put our money in our sacks. And he replied, peace to you, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has put treasure in your sacks for you. I received your money. Then he sought Simeon out to them. He brought Simeon out to them. And when the man had brought them in uh, into Joseph's house and given them water, and they had washed their feet, and they were given their donkeys fodder, they prepared the, the, um, the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present they had with them and bowed down to him to the ground. Again, they're all 11 now bowing down to Joseph, fulfilling his dream. And he inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well? The old man of whom you spoke, is he still alive? They said, your servant, our father, is well. He's still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son. And he said, is your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother. And he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. So Joseph, after all of this, is just overwhelmed just at the sight of seeing his younger brother. Then he washed his face and he came out and controlling himself, he said, serve the food. And they served him by himself and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews for that was an abomination to the Egyptians. So right here in this one little verse, we see just the ridiculousness of stuff. What do you want to call it? Racism, whatever. Like, put whatever title you want on it. Um, but that's what it is. The Egyptians are saying, we're too good to, to eat with Hebrews. Joseph, you're a Hebrew, so we can't eat with you, even though you're in charge over all of us. So you sit over there. We're going to sit over here. And then these other Hebrews are going to sit over there. Wonderful meal. Such, such good conversation had to happen um, in this setting. And they sat before him, the firstborn, according to his birthright, and the youngest, according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in amazement. So here, they come into this thing, and they're seated, and they're all seated in their birth order. So they're, they're thinking, how in the world would this guy know this? And the men looked at one another in amazement, and portions were taken to them from Joseph's table. Um, But Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs, and they drank and were merry with him. Then he commanded the steward of his house, fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, with his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph told him. And as soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away with their donkeys. They had gone only a short distance from the city. And now Joseph said to his steward, up, follow after the men. And when you overtake them, say to them, why have you repaid evil for good? Is it not from this that that my Lord drinks? And by this that he practices divination? You have done evil in doing this. And when he overtook them, he spoke to them these words. And they said to him, why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. Behold, the money that we found in the mouth of our sacks we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. How then could we steal silver or gold from the Lord's house? Whichever your servants is found uh, with it shall die. That's always a dangerous thing to offer up. And we also will be my Lord's servants. 
He said, let it be as you say. He who is found with it shall be my servant, and the rest of you shall be innocent. Then each man quickly lowered his sack to the ground, and each man opened his sack. And he searched, beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and every man loaded his donkey, and they returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there. They fell before him to the ground. Joseph said to them, what deed is this that you have done? Do you not know that a man like me can indeed practice divination? And Judah said, what shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also in whose hand the cup has been found. But he said, far be it from me that I should do so. Only the man in whose hand the cup was found shall be my servant. But as for you, go up in peace to your father. So did you catch what Judah said there? God has found out the guilt of your servants. He's not, I don't think he's claiming to be guilty over a cup. I think he's owning up to what they did to Joseph. I think he's admitting that, hey, God is finding us guilty for our past sins. He's owning up to that. And then Judah went up to him and said, Oh, my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ears. And let not your anger burn against your servant, for you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a young brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children. And his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me that I I may set my eyes on him. And we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father for if he leaves his father, his father would die. And then you said to your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. We went back to your, your servant, my father, and we told him the words of my Lord. And when our father said, go again, buy us a little food, we said, we cannot go down if our youngest brother uh, goes with us. Uh, then we will go down, for we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons, one left me, um, and I said, surely he has been torn to pieces, and I've never seen him since. If you take this one also from me, the harm happens to him. You will bring down my gray hairs and evil to Sheol. Now, therefore, as soon as I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, then as his life is bound up in the boy's life, as soon as he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. And your servants will bring down the gray hairs of your servant, our father, with sorrow to Sheol. For your servant became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the boy. So Judah's offering himself up as a sacrifice, as a substitute, as a servant to my Lord. And let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. So Judah has this kind of breakthrough moment of humility and humbling himself. He's promised his dad that he would be responsible for bringing Benjamin back. And now Benjamin is being trying to be taken by this man. And, and Judah puts himself out there and says, let me take his place. 
Let me take his place. I can't do this to my dad. Please, let me take this place. With Joseph, what was Judah's role? Judah was the one saying, hey, let's not sell it. Let's not kill him. Let's get money out of him and sell him as a slave. That was Judah back then. Judah now is in the place of speaking for, on behalf of the brothers. And he's in a place of humility and humbleness and putting himself out as a sacrifice in the place of Benjamin. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. Okay, put yourself in the mindset of the brothers at this point of the story. They already thought that for some reason this guy had something out for him. And now he says he's Joseph. And they would say, oh, he has every reason to have something out for us. Is this really Joseph? Is he going to kill us right now? Because if I were him, that's what I would do. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be dismayed, distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Say, don't, don't be all upset over what, what you did because this was God's plan. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. So thank you for bearing with me as we, we went through that whole story. But that's the point. Joseph in all of this, he looks back on it and it's, it's this major moment of seeing his dreams realized and his brothers are bowing down and and he's realizing where he is in life at this point. And he sees the, the fact that God's plan was worked through Joseph. And the thing is, it's in our lives. It's worked in our wives as well. God's plan is worked out in our lives. Through the good and the bad, it's God working. It's him orchestrating. It's him doing these things. And so Joseph is at that place at the end of the story. And that's, and that's really the main theme that runs through all of the story of Joseph is that God's hand at work. And we get to see that. And we get to see that even through the ups and the downs. And we, we can see our own lives in that as well. But another major theme we see in this story that I was kind of alluding to as we walk through it is what's going on in the brothers. The brothers are being brought to a place of humbleness and repentance, of owning up to their, their past mistakes. Some people, when they read this story, they say, oh, well, Joseph should have immediately forgiven them. He should have just said, hey, I'm Joseph, bring dad over. I want to see him. Instead of this thing, whole thing drug out. 
Others say, oh, no, Joseph is getting his revenge, right? Like they did this to him. He's paying them back. And so he's, he's getting their revenge. But I honestly think that Joseph might have had a different mindset. He might be showing a lot of wisdom right here. I mean, when these guys show up, how much, what level of trust would you have had for them if you were Joseph? And the whole, his whole concern, it seems, all along is that he keeps prodding them about his dad, but also specifically about Benjamin. And you have to think that over these 20 years that it's, it's been since they sold him into slavery, the, it would have to be a constant thought that ran through his mind. If they did this to me, what did they do to Benjamin? If this is what they did to me, I'm, I'm sure dad was favoring Benjamin after me. And so what did they do to him? And so, so through this whole thing, he's constantly prodding about Benjamin. And even at the point that he puts the cup in one of their sacks um, to accuse them, who does he pick? He picks Benjamin. And what's his punishment? He has to stay with me. So even at that point, I think he's, he's already, he's saying, hey, I'm protecting my brother. I'm protecting Benjamin no matter what. And then he's using all of this to test his other brothers to see, have they changed? Is there a difference? And that's where Judah comes in in a major way and shows a genuine heart of concern and care and putting others before himself. No longer is he the one saying, hey, let's sell him so that we get some money out of him. But he's the one that's saying, hey, this is going to kill my dad. Put, put me in the place of Benjamin. I'll stay. I'll be the servant. Let him go back. Don't do this to our father. And it's at that moment that Joseph is so overwhelmed that he cracks and he shares with him, hey, I'm Joseph. And don't even worry about what you guys did to me. This is one of the biggest pictures of forgiveness you can, you can see in Scripture is how Joseph handles this here. It's like, hey, yeah, what you did was wrong, but don't worry about it because ultimately it's part of God's plan. God put me here. He put me in this place in this time to be ready to save everyone. If all of that had not happened, Joseph would not have been in Egypt. He would not have interpreted the dream. He would not have been able to stockpile all the resources in order for them to be able to all survive. And so Joseph recognizes that, hey, this was part of God's plan. And he, he did this. He was orchestrating my whole life through this. But also part of God's plan is what happens in the brothers' lives and that God's plan includes bringing us to a place of remorse over our sins and changing us into the kind of people he wants us to be. And I want to ask you, has that happened in your life? Has God brought you to a place where you hate your sin? The brothers throughout the story several times, they're like, this is happening because of what we did. We know this is happening because of what we did. So this is probably 20 years that this has been hanging over their heads. 20 years of regrets, 20 years of guilt over what they did to Joseph. And this is all culminating in this story. And so... Uh, my question for you is, has, have, has your heart come to that place 
where you're grieved over those things that in your life that grieve God? Has your heart come to that place where you realize that you need to humble yourself like Judah does in this story? Because the great news is, is that one of Judah's offspring, a man named Jesus Christ, came, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, paying the punishment for our sins so that we could be forgiven. Just like Joseph forgives his brothers, God can forgive us by what Jesus did on our behalf. He took our place. My question is, do you believe that? Have you asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Have you repented of your sin? Have you turned from it? Have you humbled yourself like Judah is in the story and saying, say, yes, Lord, I am your servant. I put myself at your feet. And have you experienced him treat you like Joseph treats his brothers here and say, hey, come on in. Come a little closer. I love you. You're mine. I purchased you with my own blood because this was God's plan. So I want to ask you, do you have that hope? Do you have that peace that's found in Jesus? Because that is what it all ultimately boils down to. The story of Joseph is a precursor of that. It's a foreshadowing of what was to come in Jesus. But now looking back, we get to see the full story and we see that yes, in Jesus was the answer. So I want to ask you, who do you identify with in the story? Are you Joseph? Are you Judah? Are you Simeon? Who are you in the story? And where does this fit in your life? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in control. We thank you that you are orchestrating things. We thank you that even uh, the bad seasons, the tough things we go through, we know that ultimately it's part of your plan and you work that for good. Lord, we also thank you for the fact that you don't leave us in our sin and our wrongdoing, but that you come and you intervene and you show us, hey, this is wrong. But you don't just show us, hey, this is wrong. You also provide for us that opportunity to be saved from that. Lord, I pray for anyone here who does not have the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ, that maybe today they might place their faith in you and be saved. That they might call out to you and say, yes, Jesus, I know that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and I give my life to you. Lord, I pray for anyone here or joining us online who needs to do that. Pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you draw them to yourself and you make them alive. Lord, thank you for all that you do for us and your amazing and abounding mercy and grace. I lift all this up to you in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca 
or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Thanks